Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Here's what's coming up on this episode. Technology should not be the lesson. It should be to enhance the lesson. I teach New York City public school teachers in the Graduate School of Technology. They're always looking for technologies that are for the younger students. This is going to be a great resource that I'm definitely going to share with them. Many of our kids will tell the teachers, hey, let's go do that adventure again when we were in the park. Yeah, that was a walkabout. You're actually learning a math lesson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And today, we have an amazing guest with us, Julian Reed, who is the co-founder of Walkabouts on the show. So welcome, Julian. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. Looking forward to it. I'm excited that we finally got our schedules to sync up. I had to change some things, and so I'm really glad that we are getting the time to have you on the show. So first, before we get into everything walkabouts, I want you to tell me about your journey yourself and how you got into this ed tech space. Absolutely. Well, once again, thanks for the opportunity. So I got in trouble a lot as a kid. and primarily got in trouble in elementary school. When I say trouble, it's usually just being too hyper and moving around too much. And so I've always been someone who's needed to move, whether it was playing sports or just being a mover at home in my bedroom. I could never sit still. And as I was going through my education, my formal education, I realized early on that I am a kinesthetic learner. I need to learn by doing. And that really shaped the majority of my undergraduate and graduate school experiences. As I was matriculating late in my doctoral work, I was really interested in looking at how movement can not only improve the health of kids, but also improve their ability to learn. Me being a kinesthetic learner, I recognize that a lot of kids learn by doing, and often they're told, hey, you need to sit down, you need to be quiet. And since we all learn a little bit differently, the kinesthetic approach or the embodied approach, embodied learning is often the most overlooked in the class. And it's not really because teachers don't want kids to move. It's often that teachers don't necessarily have the skills and background and resources to be able to teach what they teach already with movement. 
I started looking at that as well as many other researchers because, as you know, in the early 2000s, late 1990s, the child obesity epidemic really became a problem as it still is today. Yeah. And we wanted to find different ways to get more movement in schools. And as my wife's a classroom teacher, you know, teachers are asked to do so much already that to ask them just to get kids moving when they have their standards to teach wasn't probably going to work. And so really thought about, okay, how can I do this in a way where no instruction time is lost? So you're teaching your math, your language arts, your social studies, your science, but you're doing it with movement. Early on, it was really just static lessons. I wrote a book with some paper to pencil lessons, and and I just got more and more teachers asking for more. And at the same time, in the early 2000s, more and more classrooms were having that technology put into the classroom, whether it's smart boards, Promethean boards, more computers. And I thought, hey, there might be an opportunity here for teachers throughout the country, or really throughout the world, because we have people using walkabouts all over, that they can teach their content, but they can do it in a fun, engaging way, and where the movement tells the teacher if the kids are getting the concepts. Elementary school kids like to move, so why wouldn't we use that as a way to teach, not that I'm saying the entire day needs to be based on that. And we also have research to support this. So it's not necessarily this novel new idea. People have been integrating in education since the start of formal education. Uh, But we now have some really sound research that shows kids who move more tend to behave better and have greater academic performance. So that really led to creating a company called Active Ed and our solution walkabouts. That's awesome. And I don't think you're alone in the fact that when you were younger, that it was hard to sit still in the classroom. Like children were so energetic and imaginative and we want to explore different things. And I really appreciate the fact that you're recognizing that experience and giving back a technology that is going to help instructors kind of mitigate some of the distractions that happen. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons we put this together is when we talk with classroom teachers, they would say, hey, I have two or three lessons that I can use with movement. But after that, I'm kind of stuck. So we wanted to create a simple, really turnkey solution where if you can check your email, you can create a walkabout because we also know the abilities of teachers from a technology standpoint varies from very little to a lot. And we all know, though, that it's pretty hard to live in today's age without an email address. So we wanted to keep it really simple where you log in just like you log in to get information maybe from your principal or from your peers, but you can log in and you can go teach that long vowels and short vowel sounds for first grade or numbers base 10 and so on and so forth where kids are moving, enjoying it, enjoying learning, and you're not losing instruction time. I think that's one of the most important things is we realize instruction time is so limited that you need to find a way to 
marry whatever you're interested in getting into a classroom so that a teacher doesn't think it's just one other expectation. And what we found is obviously kids really like to move. When you ask elementary age kids, what's your favorite class? Well, at least my kids used to say recess and PE. Yeah, so, that was you my know, favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and lunch. And, and lunch. And me too. And lunch, right? <laughs> so, you know, we have found that so many of our kids will tell the teachers, hey, let's go do that adventure again when we were in the park. Yeah that was a walk about you're actually learning a math lesson but they don't really realize that because they're having fun and ultimately learning should be fun especially at a young age when we want to make sure that those patterns and habits and that interest starts early absolutely i teach new york city public school teachers in the graduate school of technology at a university and they're always looking for technologies that are for the younger students sometimes it's really hard to find that this is going to be a great resource that i'm definitely going to share with them before we continue to talk about all the details of walkabouts i want to know who has inspired you along the way are there any favorite quotes that you like to share with us Sure. Uh, One of my favorite quotes is actually by Einstein. And he talks about the world as we have created is a process of our thinking. To change our world, we need to change our thinking. And I sometimes look at education that way is we have issues in education. And to really solve those issues, we have to look at it from a different perspective, a different lens, and change our thinking about how we educate young people. In terms of books, there was a a great book by a woman named Dr. Carla Hannaford, and she talks about how learning is not all in your head. And it really focuses on the brain-body connection. And that really influenced a, a lot of my work in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Wow, cool stuff. I've never heard of that book, so now I'm going to put that on my list of things to look at. And now that you've done a lot of research and you've developed your own ed tech company, how do you personally define educational technology? Yeah, I thought a lot about that even before I knew I was going to be talking with you. I look at technology as a way to become more efficient and perhaps increase productivity. And so from an education standpoint, I look at it as a way to improve the instructional environment to better meet the needs of all of the learners that you are working with. Technology shouldn't be a burden or a barrier. It should be something that enhances. I remember when I was getting my doctorate and I took an ed tech class and the woman who really was great about the technology should not be the lesson. It should be to enhance the lesson. And that's really the way I look at ed tech is that the technology is there to enable a better or an improved pedagogy that allows all students that you're working with to get the most out of that particular lesson or content. Yeah, that's a great definition. And I know sometimes when I ask this, people are like, oh, this is a loaded question, but you did really well in responding (laughs) to that. Thank you. So based on all your experience, and I'm definitely want to get into a little bit more about your research that you've done too, but let's talk more about walkabouts. Tell us what it is, how the products, the services that you offer help institutions or organizations in education. Give us all the details. 
Yes, for sure. Well, it's designed for elementary age school children, even though integration and movement can be taught at all levels. Even in my college classes, I, I use movement. But Walkabouts is a solution that's completely cloud-based, so there's no software to download. As I mentioned before, you, you just you need access to the internet, but you log into our dashboard, and we have a variety of activities that are really made on demand. And what I mean by that is you come into the dashboard and you get to pick your grade. So I might be teaching first grade. I might be teaching ELA. And then there's another dropdown for foundation skills. And then lessons pop up. And so say I'm going to teach long and short vowel sounds with four clicks, the grade, the subject, the category, and then the lesson, I create this seven to 10 minute adventure with our avatars, our characters, Jax and Gia, that take kids on an adventure for a particular content area or skill. And what is unique is every time you play it, it changes. So although it plays like a video, a teacher could play that same walkabout on long and short vowel sounds, infinite amount of times and words will change, the orders of the words will change. And what is also unique is the movements that the kids do tell the teacher if they get the concept or not. So for long and short vowel sounds, our character Gia or Jax will say, put a, a word on the screen, say the word, and we'll ask the kids, is that a long vowel? Reach up for a long vowel, squat down for a short vowel. And right there, we put that content into a context. So now I'm thinking long, reach up, short, squat down. So the kids are- Oh my gosh, I love what you're saying. This is so yeah, cool. Yeah, with the put into a context. So it's not abstract, right? Something that you can go, oh, I, I can use that cue. And then the teacher looks at that and says, hey, I, I get who understands the concept. I get who might need some remediation. Right. We also have paper to pencil, what we call walk sheets that accompany the walkabouts. And kids also get access at home to do it on their own or with their parents. But it's trying to use movement as the medium to teach the concept. And it's not just movement for movement's sake. It's with long and short vowel sounds, as an example. If you're reaching up, it's much more likely to be long than squatting down is much more likely to be short. So that's just one example. And we have hundreds that are in the platform that give teachers, depending on what they're teaching, in a short, I mean, I explained those four drop downs within about 10 seconds and it takes the kids on an adventure seven to 10 minutes in length, but they can pause, they can go back and then it changes. So you can go back to that lesson, maybe even the next day. And what's also cool about our solution, it date and time stamps everything for you. So if you forget what you played, we have a, another drop down says recent walkabouts and you just click on it and it tells you what you played time of day and the day of the week. So you go, Oh, that's what I did. So all the things that are going to help teachers save time, but also engage the learners in activities and tapping into different pieces of the brain that's going to help them metacognitively remember these things. It's genius. Actually. Well, you're, you're very kind. Uh, I think what's also cool that I didn't mention is our system knows what state you're in. So your state standards populate. 
And that way in South Carolina, where we're talking, I get the South Carolina standards for long and short vowel sounds, where if you're in New York, like you mentioned, they get the New York standards. And that's a unique feature that a lot of other solutions don't have because we all know sometimes principals will say, okay, what are you teaching? What standard is being met? That does it automatically. So a teacher is able to show maybe their principal, hey, I'm not only teaching this content, look at all these different standards. And we have that from all of our grades. And pre-K, we also use Head Start standards, which we know Head Start is a really important program for early childhood. It's a way of not only getting movement to teach the content, it's also meeting the responsibilities of the teacher, which we know they have to teach standards. Yeah, I love that feature that really just helps streamline the, the whole process and takes away that worry for the Absolutely. educators. It's it's so important, like you said earlier, all the things that they're responsible for nowadays. Oh my goodness, this is cool stuff, but I want to know what's on the roadmap, what's coming up for you yeah. and walkabouts in the upcoming year, anything you can share, don't yeah, violate we're, NDA, we're, yeah, tell us. Sure. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> NDA, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are actually building a new product for our platform, which are shorter lessons. And these lessons will be about half the length of walkabouts. And they go into some different grade levels and some different content areas that we haven't explored yet. And those are going to be out this spring. So we're really, really excited about those. We've been working with our teachers the past couple of years, whether it be focus groups or, you know, surveys and finding out what they like, what they think can improve and also what are we missing and especially during COVID we learned a lot from teachers especially pre-k and kindergarten first grade that kids when they were at home and then finally got back into the classroom they were not only behind on some of their fundamental skills from a movement standpoint but they also since they weren't in a classroom for a long period of time didn't learn basic self-space or other sort of standard things that you would learn. So we're tapping into some of that content as well. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Little lessons that you can use in the classroom and make things go swimmingly for sure. Well, we're coming up here on the end of the episode. You've shared a lot of information with our audience. And of course, everything about walkabouts is going to be in the show notes. But I have two final questions for you. One is probably more complicated to answer than the other, I'm told. So the first one is, what did we miss? Anything else you'd like to share? And then the last one, I want you to put on your fortune teller hat and tell us, what does the future of ed tech look like? Yeah. Okay. I'll tackle the first one. Okay. Um, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we've necessarily missed anything other than just want to reinforce that this is all evidence-based research. Not only our solution, we had outside institutions, Iowa State University, University of California, Irvine, validate our program, showing it increases focus and increases academic uh, performance. But we're now seeing bipartisan or nonpartisan institutions like the CDC, the Academy of Medicine, all saying similar things that the research supports that kids who move more do perform better academically and it improves those executive functions located in that prefrontal cortex. 
So there's really science behind this platform and just moving in general. In terms of where do I see at tech in the future? Well, as technology is constantly evolving and changing, I do see more and more solutions that will come into the market for educators that I think will be much more individualized. You know, we've always talked about individualized technology. Yeah, and one, customization. Yeah, one-to-one. Yeah. -one. I think it will be better than what it's been. And I think there will be more opportunity for the student and the teacher to integrate with the solution versus just necessarily being an outsider within the solution because the technology is constantly changing and we know especially with artificial intelligence and augmented reality that where we are going is going to be very different than where we are. And it's going to allow, I think, a much more personal experience. That being said, I think we have to be somewhat careful to my earlier point is that the technology is there to enhance the lesson. It's not the lesson. So I think more and more ed companies will be having to balance that. Hey, this is such a cool technology, but is that technology a barrier to actually learning the content, or is it really enhancing the content? I do think it's going to be much more interactive. Yeah, I love the prediction of more adaptive learning for the students and, and getting them customized things, especially when you said we're all at different levels. Right. I have a quick question before we wrap up the episode. Is there a place where people can find all your research about this? Yeah, absolutely. They can just go to www.walkabouts.com. They can sign up for even a free trial if they want, but we have research Sweet. there. You can see kids using the platform. And if you want additional information, you can just hit the contact button and we can provide you additional research, not only on our platform, but also on other studies that have demonstrated the importance of moving and learning. Oh my gosh, I love it. So many great resources and even a free trial. I'm going to put that all in the show notes for everyone to go check it out. Walkabouts, Julian, thank you so much for your time today and talking with our audience and sharing all the wonderful things you're doing with Walkabouts. It's fantastic. And I'm so glad I got to have you on the show. Likewise. Thank you so much. You've just experienced another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest edtech happenings. See you next time.